0: Welcome to the Wait Podcast, where we're bridging the gap
1: between able bodied and disabled people through real talk and real conversations from a wheelchair. That's what's up, man. How's your day going, man?
0: It's going pretty good, dude. It's going pretty good. Just got back from a coffee shop, I had a couple, had a bunch of emails and shiny the bust out and. I used to have an office, got rid of it. And so I've been mostly having a home office, but it's just like, man, you know, it starts to feel like Groundhog Day, just being <laughs> here. So it's just like, it's just nice getting out. There's a coffee shop down the road. I love it. It's chill. And so I've been doing that a lot lately. And it's been it's been a lot better for my mental health, just being able to take a breather and just getting the fuck out for a bit. You know,
1: <laughs> I definitely uh, agree with you, you um so I I recently took up um, smoking cigars. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, um, I go to the cigar lounge right up the street. It's like two minutes away. So like if I w- want to use the bathroom, I can literally go home and come right back. I'm like, you don't understand. Like I live right here. So it takes mm-hmm. a- when I say I'm coming back, I'm coming right back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <laughs>
0: yeah, what got you into cigars?
1: Um, so a buddy of mine, he smokes cigars. I never really was into it, but he invited me, um, there's a lounge right up the street. I didn't even know there was one. Obviously, I don't smoke cigars. So, um, so he invited me, and he had a mutual friend, which I ended up being cool with, and I started coming in there, and so, my last birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm having a good day. I think I want to try a cigar. And he was like, well, I got one. It's a light one. It's not expensive, so if you don't finish it, it's no problem. So, um, I ended up, smoking it and liking it and i've been doing it ever since so
0: hell yeah man i I traveled for a while and ended up living in new orleans for about nine months and there's a cigar bar there and i spent a decent amount of time going in there and it was just kind of cool just smoking a cigar having a glass of whiskey and just shooting the shit had a pool table in the back and so i just kind of chill play some pool with people and it's always interesting like I, I'm not, a, I'm a huge teener, nerd, but I never really got hardcore into cigars. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I would take people, it was kind of similar. It's like, I would take people there and they they never fuck with cigars. And a couple of people even straight up were just like, I don't like smoking. I don't like cigars. I don't like any of this stuff. I'm like, have you actually fucking tried one? <laughs> and most of the time they're like, no, or it was like a swisher or something. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not, not the same thing. So I would, they, you know, they try it and I would say more often than not, they'd be like, I, okay, I can fuck with this. This is cool. It, it's a cool
1: so. It, it is a cool thing and once i because i'm not really a big smoker i've never been in cigarettes and, i mean i did it like socially but like never like really just been into it but
0: yeah yeah um
1: the environment the the culture of it is what i enjoy the most um you i guess why i keep coming back because i literally only smoke when i'm around people i don't really smoke by myself.
0: But yeah. Really- what's the vibe like in that place? Because cigar bars, it's kind of like hookah bars where it's just like there's a vast spectrum of vibes. Like some hookah bars I've been into, it's just like a fucking frat party. And there's just loud music going and everything. And then there's other hookah bars, which I really enjoy, where it's just like they got like lo-fi or some sort of chill music going. Yeah. And it's it's more of an adult vibe. Um, well, this- so what, what's the cigar bar like?
1: This, will. I am a little bit spoiled because it's my first one, but um, i mean, so first of all, I'm in Cleveland, Chattanooga area, Tennessee. So mm. um, there's a lot of people that do a lot of these bars and say that, I mean, a lot of lounges say this one is by far the best. And everybody's so, like, cool, helpful. And, like, if I don't know what I'm doing, there's always somebody like, hey, do it like this. or And there's no, like, judgment or you know it's just like it's a I don't I don't know how to say it but that environment there I can't speak for every lounge I've been to but that lounge is is great like even like for my podcast and logo making logos like I've had people like help me out making new logos and I, I'm trying to get on YouTube soon so I had a, a buddy of mine uh, hmm. give me his uh, give me a camera so I could do that and like the people like want to see to see and like they work with you in they like it's like a family in there when you in there
0: it's yeah, like a family. yeah that makes sense i mean that's how it is like you know if you have a bar you go to a home bar it's like after or even the, the fucking coffee shop i'm going to you know i've been going there for about a month two to three days a week sometimes four days a week just for a couple hours mm-hmm. you know busting out emails or anything where you know you just need to go into deep work mode and you know, you get to know the baristas, you get to know some of the regulars, and it just starts to feel you know, it's like that cheers kind of thing. You know, everyone just kind of has you start to know you start to know people, but
1: I, I definitely like the cheers feeling like when I go in there, like everybody knows, hey, what's going on? And mm-hmm. it just makes you feel good when you go in there and in places like that. You know, Cleveland here is a little smaller, so you do kind of have that feeling sometimes, um, where everybody knows your name kind of, you know, saying you've been here for a couple of years and. People know you man. it just makes you feel good but um it does i i'm really want to start taking my laptop up there and you know and trying to do some work and chill so i because i have to get out the house because i i i'm pretty much a homebody but like mm. for your mental health you have to get out the house yeah like so i literally this that place is perfect for me because I could just, all right, I'm ready to get out the house. I'm going to go up the street for a couple hours or just 20 yeah. hours. It don't even matter. Just let me get out the house a me. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was a problem, like, when I have my offices. It wasn't even that far, but it was, like, a 10-minute drive. And it's, like... Particularly here in Ohio, when it starts to snow and stuff, you're just like, yeah. Like The, the coffee shop's like just a couple minutes away. Like i could <laughs> fucking walk there. It just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I almost bought a house out in the country when I had my office, so I w- it would have been like a 30-minute one-way trip. Okay. And I'm just like, man, mm, that's too much. Yeah. It's too far. Too fucking far. When I hear people fucking, you know, their commute is an hour or two each way like i'm like yeah it's like think about that let's just say that's two hours a day if you're one hour commute okay Mm -hmm. so that's 10 hours a week 40 hours a month that is just gone of your life uh, just to get to work i mean that's just insane to me man that's just insane but that's every that's people's day-to-day existence and it's just i don't know it's that's crazy
1: It really is. And I don't know. I just, I can't do it. But I, that's, it is crazy. But I don't know. But it's helped me with my anxiety too. Like, I don't, I guess it's just the nicotine with the cigars too. (laughs) It'll do that, man.
0: Nicotine (laughs) high is real, man. Nicotine (laughs) high is real.
1: Yeah. I'm learning and I'm, I'm getting better with it. But I'm like, man, I literally, like, I was going, I actually had a guy on, like, maybe last year that he, had CBD and I ordered some and I still have a lot of pissed up because once I started smoking the cigars, I didn't have a, a lot of, um, use for those. I mean, I was still using, I give them away to people like to try. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I honestly, I smoke a cigar, maybe, I, maybe four or five cigars a week. So, um, and that's minimum because I make on Wednesdays, they have a thing called whiskey Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So they come in and bring whatever's on the table is free game. So these, and my the crew that I hang out with, they they like big on like bourbons, whiskeys, and some like scotch. So doesn't some like bring this tequila, gin, and they bring all this good stuff. So I've had the uh, the privilege to try some good uh, yeah liquor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. You get to sample all that stuff here in Dayton. I'm in Dayton, Ohio, uh, about an hour north of Cincinnati. And uh, we've got a place called the Century Bar, which yeah. is like one of the top 10 bourbon bars in the country. Man, they got all kinds of these tastings with just this super esoteric stuff you really can't get anywhere else. But I think they've got like 180 different types of whiskey and bourbon. It's crazy. So it's pretty cool just to kind of sample all that stuff and, and, and try.
1: Yeah. And I,
0: I, I like whiskey a lot, I'm not a, a super nerd about it. But you know, it's so funny. It's like I've had some really expensive stuff, and it's good. But I always just go back to straight up black label Evan Williams. It's like thirteen bucks a bottle. Like, yeah. that's you know, it's like I I don't know. That's just that was the first whiskey I ever tried. So maybe that just kind of imparted that that flavor profile on me. But it's just like I don't know. When it comes to whiskey, I'm, she tequila is a little different because tequila, if you don't get hundred percent agave, like Jesus Christ, like you just have a hangover. It just sucks. It's not. It's not good yeah with tequila you gotta at least get some decent stuff just yeah. because it hits you it hits you bad but i mean fuck even then like espelon which is a great you know budget tequila that's that's 100 agave and it's like 20 bucks a bottle it's not that much you know yeah. so it's just like you don't have to spend a shit ton of money but you just can't go get fucking you know dollar store fucking tequila yeah, yeah you're, right,
1: you're right I feel that yeah right. but man yeah. I, i'm definitely excited to have you on um I was looking through the thing, and I was like, man, this dude would be dope to, you know, talk to because I'm doing a podcast, and I, and I like disability stuff, but, like, I really just want to talk to people that's doing things, and, like, even last night I was listening to some of your podcast, I was like, man, this dude is dope, like, I just, like, wrote down, like, some things you were saying, like, oh, I'm sorry, let me get in my notepad, like, living life on your own terms,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and, like, take risks, and join life, and, like, um, there's things like that I just like in my life I just those are the values that I have in my life right now Like I was yeah. working working at Walmart and working at the door and I'm like I can't keep doing this I'm 37 years old now and I can't keep doing this like um, so I've been at this podcast thing for about a year I'm trying to get it off and and learn how to do things but I literally just got like a that entrepreneur spirit in me now
0: mm-hmm. where
1: I'm like I don't want to work for anybody I just want to make an impact in life and just live. And you yeah. talked about you know, having an RV and traveling, and that's one of my dreams. Just, I want to get an a RV with a lift on there and, and just- Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's really cool and it's a lot of fun, but it's also a pain in the ass and there's a lot of downsides to it that most people don't, yeah. don't really share. Like I, you know, when I took the trip, I, I was burnt out. Like I was really burnt out with my business. This is more of the reason why I just sold everything. I'm like, I'm going to start over. I'm just going to burn my whole life away and I'm just going to get in this RV and I'm just going to see wherever the fuck it takes me. Yeah. Um, and I kind of made a conscious decision not to try and I guess, capitalize on it. Like you got all these fucking TikTok and Instagram influencers. that are like hashtag RV life. And you know, uh, hashtag digital nomad and all this other shit and I didn't I really tried to not do too much of that cuz I mean I, I, my background's in marketing. I'm a marketing expert. So it's just like I I could do that if I wanted to, but I'm just like I, I and it's so interesting cuz I I would post some stuff mostly just for my, you know, almost as like a a log, a diary or whatever. And sometimes I I'd connect with people that were influencers like particularly in New Orleans. There's just so many people that you know, go there and they travel and they want to go to Bourbon Street and all this other shit. And I'd talk to these fucking influencers and it they were just largely vapid like they just there wasn't like that you know they're doing it almost as like a business and i'm just like i mean which it is a business in a way sure but i mean they weren't doing it for what i would consider the right reasons like they would just go to like a destination take a bunch of videos and photos and then go to a bunch of tourist shit and then just leave and i'm just like are you actually enjoying this you know and but but the, the main reason i brought that up though is just because they paint a picture of what that lifestyle is like and it's really not like that you know it's for every time that you're you know hanging out and you know the florida keys and going somewhere cool or doing all this other shit there's all those days where you're in a walmart parking lot and you've been like driving for 18 hours and you're fucking tired and like you know your uh you know your black water tank for your you know your your sewage starts to leak and then you gotta deal with it and then all, i mean there's just there's all this shit that they don't tell you about but uh yeah, I mean if you want to do it, fuck it, do it, dude. For well, sure. Yeah.
1: I I mean it still I mean it's still in my dream. I I'm staying. With every good thing there's always a a, a, a negative, I guess. Um but still what, it knows good memories out of those what,
0: things. Yeah. What what uh what's drawing you to it?
1: I just man, I So, I'm a person I like rules, but I don't like rules. I don't like the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just don't in the So I'm in a wheelchair, so I feel like I've lived in a box all my life and I couldn't do things because of my wheelchair and this and this and and that. But it's just like, I I feel like I gave up something by being in a wheelchair. I don't want to give up my life or feel Mm -hmm. like I can't live a life because I'm in a wheelchair. And I enjoy talking to people, like having conversations. Like if I sing at the bar and we, we started like chopping it up, like, we could talk for hours, probably. You know what I'm saying? It just, that's my, yeah. I, I love talking to people. I, and I love talking to people that's different from me. You know, different cultures, different backgrounds. So.
0: What what have you learned so far doing the podcast?
1: What have I learned as far as like people or like.
0: Yeah, just people. Or, or, or how has that impacted you?
1: Well, talking to, I mean, all right. You gotta give me a minute because I gotta gather my thoughts. <laughs> I, don't, I, good, saying, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. So I was like, I don't. I don't know, man. literally, like I get to Okay, let's be honest. Some conversations are better than other conversations. Like if I'm, in, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm interviewing somebody, sometimes I'm just going through the motions. And it's just like mm-hmm. I like, and then then sometimes I'm very like attentive and like, oh man, like. I wish I was writing this down right now, and I go back, mm-hmm. you know, listen, there's, there's conversations I've listened to, so, like, just, I don't know, man, just getting, like, I feel like I'm learning and just having a cool, I just love conversations, I like yeah. people, like, I don't, I I don't really like people, I, I don't know how to explain it, like, I have my, my moves with people, I don't really like to talk, but, mm-hmm. like with doing this, I have to like get in that mood and talk to people in. I just like, would I get up, would I get from this? I just to, I don't know. I don't have a really good answer. And I might have to well,
0: How about this? What What is the commonality between the guests that you really fuck with? Like you're like, holy shit. Like I, I wanna go back and I wanna listen to that again. Like those ones you're saying, you're like, I wish I was taking notes. I wanna go back and listen. <laughs> What, what's the commonality between those type of people? Because I, mean, I can tell you what the commonality is for me. It's like people that are willing to be super vulnerable and raw is one large one for me. And then the other is they just got something really a unique perspective that's super interesting to me. You know, because those two, you know, they, they, is this somebody that I want to get a beer with is a pretty good benchmark for me because there's been some podcasts I've been on or I've done my own where the, the person has a really interesting, unique story or perspective, but as soon as you tap that well, you're like, man, okay, like we're at an hour and a half. I feel like I got everything out uh, and like, we're done. Like, and the thing is, is like, there's no point in for me to talk to that person again, no offense to them, but I feel like there's nothing else there, you know? But then there's other people where it's just like, dude, I could be in a room with them for 10 hours a day for 20 years and we would have no we would have no shortage of shit to talk about you know like my buddy sam mcnerney he's one of those people he and i he's probably my most frequent guest on the podcast and he and i talk like once a week or once every two weeks like we just don't really record all of them and like he and i never have a, a a shortage of things to talk about you know so it's just like i don't know i think that's the thing for me if you notice any any commonalities of the people you're just like man that that's some that's a conversation I'm I'm proud of and I'm glad so, we had
1: so i guess if that person has a uh, okay a disability cuz i'm really big on really living life and enjoying the moment yeah and, and um and i love when people um like do that like not really capitalizing on their disability but like like really just enjoying life and doing things like, that for me, like I said, for a long time, I, some of these things, like I didn't think really happiness was like there. Like I'll never be completely happy. Yeah. Being in a wheelchair, and, and first of all, I was shy and didn't really talk to girls and all this and this and that. And but like now, like I, ain't, I, ain't, yeah, I put myself out there. I do things like you can still live a fulfilled life. And people that don't have disabilities. um just successful people that say, I'm successful and I want you to be successful too. I want you to do better. I want you to be on that level with me. And just so it's people
0: you. that inspire you.
1: Yeah. People just learning and just like motivate me to do better. and want to do better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I can imagine. I mean, that's one of the cool things about the internet and being in such a connected world is you can connect with so many people and you're not tethered by your location or you know, physical abilities or any of that stuff. I mean there's some people that I know I've never met and they live in rural nowhere. And, you know, they would be miserable without the internet because they wouldn't be able to connect with like-minded people you know and and they would just be in an island you know basically and and when i was traveling in the rv there's kind of two places i'd try to go the most i try to go to like larger cities that had a lot of you know crazy stuff going on so like new orleans and stuff like that or i would try to go to really small rural towns or just off the beaten path places because those places those because. so i would always take like no matter if i was going from like st petersburg in florida or tampa to new orleans i would try and take the long weird route I would, I would avoid highways as much as possible. Sometimes you had to be on the highway, but yeah. I would avoid it as much as possible. And in those areas, it was so interesting because they don't get a lot of tourists. So often you go into a bar or whatever, you go into a spot and it, it depends. It's, sometimes they'd see the RV, but other times they wouldn't. And they it would just be like, oh, we're not used to getting new people. Like, do you know somebody here? Are you visiting? Are you family or whatever? And I'm like, no, I'm just traveling through. And they're like, dude you're a hundred miles off the main highway like what are you doing here you know and yeah. and i'd have these crazy conversations and people would open up to me because everybody knows everybody yeah. you know so either they've had all this either they've had they've shared all their stories and they've are they you know everyone's heard their story about you know that time they did this back in high school a billion times or whatever so they get to tell their stories to somebody else but also the main one is is that like they don't they don't know, they, you know, you don't, you're going to be gone. They can yeah. tell you anything, Yeah. you know, and how these people opening up and there were so many people that were like the local weirdo or, you know, whatever. And, and they just felt so alone mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they're just, they're like, I'm surrounded by people that, you know, I've known since I was a kid, but I don't identify with them at all. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I couldn't really imagine being in that situation because I got that entrepreneurial mindset where it's just like, I don't like something, I change it. Yeah. But for them, it's like them having that that connection to the outside world, like being able to go on the internet and have, you know, form communities, huge. I mean, when I was younger, uh, I kind of, you know, I grew up on the internet and I, I grew up in the rural side of town and I didn't really have a lot of friends my age. So I was online and, you know, I had friends online that I talked to every single day. Back in uh, the Ventrilo days, which was like, like kind of like Discord, you know, fifteen years ago, we had voice chat, and like I just talk with people all around the world. And if I didn't have that, it's like, man, I don't, I don't know where I would be. You know, I would have just been so alone. It just would have really sucked. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that there's just so much possibility now where you're not, you're not limited. You can do whatever the hell you want. You know.
1: Yeah, I feel that. So what, what really got you into being an entrepreneur?
0: I grew up in, in small business. My dad had a tree service. He still does. Okay. I grew, grew up going out on estimates with him, helping him with tree jobs, answering the phone and stuff like that, talking with clients. It's just in my nature, man. And so, I mean, even when I was a kid, like I was like 12, I was building websites and I was I had a, like a little computer repair business like in mm-hmm right down the street there was a flea market big flea market that was like the only thing was a walking distance was this flea market and i go down there and there was this dude who had a booth uh everyone called him reggae man because he was just this rastafarian dude that just had like fucking bob marley blasting at all times he's a cool dude man i forget his actual name but he referred to himself as reggae man everybody called him reggae man but uh he was a cool dude and and, uh, he, he kind of found out that he would sell computers, but he didn't really like know how to fix them. So he, he just kind of hoped that people would sell him stuff. Yeah. And so like, he found out that like, I knew how to work on computers. So, you know, then next thing I know, like I'm basically repairing computers for him. And I had this little computer repair business. And I'm like 12, you know? So it's just like that stuff. That's my life. I had a real job, I guess, for like less than six months. And I was just like, I can't do this shit you know i just can't do it i remember i even uh worked for this this marketing agency in cincinnati i was like 18 19 something like that and i worked there for like four months and three four months and i basically was just like you guys are just dropping the ball like you're you're there's so much that you guys are doing wrong here Mm -hmm. and the, the whole company was probably like 10 people you know it was really so relatively small so i went to the two owners and i was like make me a partner and I'll, I'll help you build this. And they were like, yeah, we'll we'll do that. If you do all this over the next year. And I'm like, okay, how are you going to do that? And they're like, well, we're going to kick this other guy out, this third partner, we're going to kick him out and just give you his shares. And I was like, so you want me to spend a year of my life, helping you get your business and turning it around on the handshake bet that you're going to kick another partner out and then give me his shares and you're not going to tell that guy that so you're just gonna you know pull the rug out from under him. what the hell is like makes you like like why you're just gonna do that to me you know it's i'm just like so i just basically said fuck it and i just took all these ideas and just started my own business you know so it's just like I, i i even when i tried to have a normal job like i just you can't turn that off man you know, you just I, for me, I just can't turn it off. Like I would I would be anxious having a normal job because I would I like I just I don't know. I think that would make me really anxious because uh, I just like being able to do whatever the fuck I want to do, I guess, to, for better and for worse.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree. That's my mindset. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned when I was talking to you before getting on the show and I've heard a podcast you were talking about. Mental health. Can you uh, talk about some of those mental health issues that you deal with?
0: Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I I have ADHD, generalized anxiety disorder, which is a real shock for people that know me, (laughs) because I don't shut the fuck up and I'm super (laughs) social. But man, I have got massive anxiety. It's a hell of a lot better than it used to be. Way better. I I, by far kind of like where you're at. Like, I got my anxiety way more in check than I ever have. But it still rears its head up. Um And I also just in the last year discovered that I have bipolar type two, okay. which is fascinating because looking back at my life, man, that answers a lot of questions. <laughs> so what's interesting is that I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until I was like 23 or something. Wow. So I went 23 years of my life just thinking I was broken, man. Like mm. uh it was bad. So um I didn't. I didn't have anyone when I was younger. Like I never got tested for it, at all. Like I remember actually when I was in second grade, uh, I remember having a parent-teacher conference where my teacher and my mom and I were sitting at a table, and she just pulled out a piece of paper and was just like, "This is your son's work." And then she pulled out another piece of paper. Uh, which was from one of the smart kids in the class, who was uh, who was actually a friend of mine, which made it worse. And she's like, this is this other student's paper. And she was sitting there comparing like how this person's, this kid's was so much better than mine. And I'm literally sitting there hearing her talk shit to me. And I'm like, thanks. So I thought I was a dumb kid. Like I got in trouble a lot and I thought I was really dumb. And then funny enough, either later that year or early the next year, I don't remember but not too long after at that parent-teacher conference, they had everyone take a test, which I later was told was, like, some sort of IQ test or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I got into this, like, special program, which I called the Spectrum Class, like, you know, for the, quote, gifted kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, what was fascinating is that half the kids – were the stereotypical smart kids you know that that everyone was like oh yeah those kids are smart and whatever the other half were like the fucking troublemakers like me that like everyone thought was dumb and what was interesting is that looking back i would say a good portion of those kids that were known as like the dumb kids were just kids that came from really troubled homes Mm -hmm. and then you know, mine was not great. It wasn't nearly as bad as some of the other kids, but, you know, my my upbringing is, is conflictive. So, but, you know, looking back, a lot of those kids just had ADHD or attention disorders, yeah. you know, but they were labeled by the teachers as well as like the dumb kids. So I grew up just feeling really insecure about my intelligence and everything else and thinking I was just kind of dumb. And then in my teenage years, you know, I'm like building websites. I'm building all these communities. Like I had two or three like form communities that had like over a hundred thousand people on there. I mean, like I, I had some really cool stuff I was working on. But then I I it's like I lost interest and like I would go work on something else. And then there were some other people that, you know, were were kind of like friends of mine that also are around the same age and were, you know, building websites and whatever. And they just stuck to like one or two things. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting that success and just blowing up. I never got that because I just kept going from thing to thing to thing. And it made me really insecure. It made me know that like I, it made me hate myself. Cause I was like, I ha I know I have the raw potential, like the clay mm-hmm. to like build something really big. And, but it's like the second I would start getting traction I would get bored and then I would like do something else. Yeah. So I never, I never like followed through long enough to get to that, like critical mass. And so it made me just feel like a failure. And I went down to Cincinnati uh, and moved in with my first girlfriend. That's when that job, you know, I took that job. Cause I just, I, I was like, I just want something stable. And, and I just want to try. I've never had a real job. So like, I'm going to try this C- Cincinnati, me moving down there is an hour away. That really was just me trying to get out of my comfort zone, trying the opposite of everything else I'd done, you know? And obviously that, you know, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And then it wasn't until, uh, you know, I came back and I started a business and I just, I was struggling with like a lot of imposter syndrome. I remember the first real big meeting I had with a lawyer to like do all of his digital marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, I had it and I had this like <laughs> went to the fucking i didn't have a suit or anything and i thought i needed to have a suit because i probably i mean i look young now i look a decade younger than i actually am but i looked like a fucking small child (laughs) like 19 year old me i didn't have a suit or anything and i thought i needed one because i'm gonna go you know see an attorney and this is you know proper business stuff right so i'm like 19 i go to like the goodwill and i buy like a children's suit <laughs> it's like not, not tailored i'm a skinny dude did not fit me at all and i walk in i've got like black sneakers on and 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 not even like you know cool sneakers were you know business casual i mean just stupid sneakers and i'm going in there and i'm like shaking and i'm like so fucking nervous and i'm like stuttering and i couldn't get the words out And i just knew that like i fucked this up like i, I dropped the ball And I remember at the end, I'm like, I was, I shook his hand and I was just like, I was about to leave and I had everything in me. Cause again, I grew up in the tree industry going to those, you know, the, 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 the the meeting with the client. So I, I, I just knew when you had a tree job and when you didn't, you know, like, oh, that I'm, you know, my dad, my dad was always super honest, but you know, some people had, you know, champagne taste on a beer budget and they just, even though my dad was competitive, they wanted to go with the cheapest option and you could just tell, you know, that sixth sense of like, this ain't going to go anywhere. And I, I had that. And I'm like, and this was a defining moment for me, man. Like this is one of the most defining moments that I didn't think was that special in the moment. But now I look back and I'm like, Oh fuck, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Was I just like, it's I, I didn't turn around, but like I was getting up and then I just stopped and I was just like, Hey man, how are you like just real talk? How are you feeling about all this? You know, wh- wh- where's your head at right now? And he just kind of was like puzzled by that. Almost like how a dog like kind of like turns his head, you know, like, yeah. huh? <laughs> and he just kind of gave me this look like, huh? Wasn't expecting that. Cause it was a tonal shift. I went from being like super nervous to just, I, I think I just let go because I just knew this wasn't going to go anywhere. I'm like, I don't have anything to lose. So I just asked him that. And he's just like, honestly, I think that like, you really know what you're talking about. And I think that you're young and you're gonna probably put a disproportionate amount of time into this. Cause I could go with like FindLaw, which was like the big online marketing company for lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I could go with them and they'd be kind of pricey, but they got a proven track record. But with you, you're just starting your business. I can tell that you're hungry. I think you would put a lot of time and attention into this. And I think that'd be a big value for me. But he's like, I do think that the cost might be a little high for me to take that risk, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, okay. And I think I quoted him like 2,500 bucks a month. It was a lot of fucking work, you know, Mm -hmm. to do what he needed. And I'm like, and I'd have to sub out some of that for people to write content and a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, well, if we could get it down to like 2,000 a month, because I was expecting him to be like, I want like 500 bucks a month or something like that. (laughs) He's like, well, if I could get it down to 2,000 a month, then I think I'd be comfortable with that. And I was just like, I'll do that. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And he's like, okay, um, I'm going to think about this. Give me about two weeks. I got a couple other calls and I'll get back with you. And I swear to God, dude, like two weeks on the fucking dot. I got an email and he's just like, I would like to work with your company. And I always thought that that was cool of him to be like, I want to work with your company because it was just me and he knew that. Yeah. But I thought that was cool as shit. Like that was a subtle way of him being like, I think you're going to go someplace. I think I believe in you. And I always remember that. I really remember that. And that was just a defining moment for me, and it helped a lot with my imposter syndrome. Uh, but I was so anxious, because it's like it's so funny with like my anxiety, it's like I had that meeting with him, and I won the, the, the gig. like I got the gig. He already, you know, he signed the contract, He even sent me a deposit. But when I had my like discovery meeting, like the initial meeting with him, you know, to start the work, like two weeks later, I'm fucking shaking and I'm like shaking and I'm all nervous. And I'm like, this is dumb. Like I already had the hard meeting. We're done. Like he already committed to a year of this. Yeah. Like I, I, but I was just so nervous and, and it was, it was crazy. And so like, I had to deal with all that. And really, I mean, I think the thing was, it was just trial by fire, dude. Like I just had to have countless meetings where I look back and it's embarrassing. Like there were, meetings i had where i just shit the bed like i i even think back now and i'm cringing i'm like oh my god like oh i can't believe i said that i did that like i think even now like i'm thinking about a couple i'm like oh dude but uh you know but i had to go through that but the adhd was still bad because like i just couldn't fucking focus and it was so i just couldn't i couldn't do it um and i was it's like i failed upwards you know it's just like i just kept doing it and and i i i really struggled but i think the thing that saved me was just i just kept going and also i actually did have a lot of the technical skills like i knew what i was talking about and i think some of the people saw that but everything else was just like a disaster so it's like that's the only thing i think that's secure i think like the fact that i had the skills but also the fact that that honesty I I think that's that those two things like kind of like the lawyer being like, okay, this is a risk, but I think it's worth trying. But dude, I had way more misses than I had success at the beginning. And then it was funny because I met what ended up becoming my business partner, one of my business partners, uh, because I was doing it on my own and then I kind of, you know, built that up a little bit for the next three years. And then I ended up meeting uh, this other, these other group of kids that were kind of similar to me. They had worked at a creative agency Uh, but the, the owner was an asshole. And so they ended up leaving and starting their own thing. I met them like week one, man. And, and, uh, and we ended up merging a couple months later, but the big thing was that one of the dudes gave me an Adderall and he's just like, I think this might help you. Cause he was prescribed it. And he's like, I think this might help you just try it. And I did it. And it was like the fucking, like I got, I entered into the matrix. Like I was like, Neo, I can see the code. I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like I can think. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I yeah. can think I can do things. And I was just like, Oh my fucking God. Like, this was amazing. And granted when you start something on like Ritalin, vivans or Adderall, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, there's a euphoria, you know, it's, it's basically meth. So it's like, you're going to feel like high, but the main thing was like, I could focus. Yeah. And like, it was crazy. So I ended up going to my doctor and, and luckily my doctor was pretty cool. And I was just like, real talk. Somebody gave me an Adderall and I can think clearly. Mm-hmm. So like, can I try this? And luckily she was pretty cool. Cause I feel like if you said that to most doctors, they'd be like, nope, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I was honest with her mm-hmm. and it, I got on it and it completely changed everything for me, man. Like my whole life changed. Now there were some really bad downsides to that or all, uh, it made me really fucking manic. It made me work ungodly hours like 100 hour weeks because i was just so fucking hype like only thing i cared about was just building this business or going out late until 4 a.m and just fucking partying and shit you know like i, I it was either or mm-hmm. work hard party hard was like fucking like that was that was my whole life for like six years and it ended up like basically bringing me to having like a mental breakdown where like i just couldn't do it anymore i found myself at like 26 like we had like 10 12 employees something like that like we had a team Mm -hmm. and it was just so much fucking responsibility and i ultimately just you know we had a roster of like 50 different clients we were juggling you know (laughs) excuse me so like it was just so much and ultimately like it was just ruining me. Like I, I had an ulcer. I weighed like 105 pounds. Like I, yeah, dude, like I was a fucking wreck. And ultimately like I just burnt out and I remember I had this moment where I'm like, I gotta, I gotta change my fucking life. You know, like I can either. And, and so that's when I just decided like, I'm going to exit the business. I sold my portion of the business. And then I sold everything I bought the RV and it was so funny. Cause when I went on the RV trip, you know by the end of it i felt like some fucking yogi or some shit like i felt like i you know like i you know i was like awake and like i was all wise and shit like that because when you're on the road like you know you don't have any responsibility you know and like everything's clear because everyone else is panicking about day-to-day responsibility but for me i didn't have any responsibility other than just not dying and like making sure the rv worked (laughs) and and, but then i came back and i started consulting i came back to ohio and you know i have met my my wife ava in new orleans and you know she ended up coming up here and moving with me and you know i started consulting and then i thought i had learned man i thought i had learned like I'm just gonna have a chill life. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna you know, just consult part-time. Thankfully, I mean, A, Dayton, Ohio is super cheap cost of living. And two, I can charge enough being a consultant since I've been lucky to be doing this for so long, where I can charge enough where I don't have to work a lot to you know, get by and, and self-sustain. So I was like, I'm just gonna do that part-time and I'm gonna have a chill life. And then I'm gonna write and I'm gonna do my fucking podcast. And that was 2018. Um real talk, I didn't start the podcast until like 2020, like late 2020, early 2021. So what the fuck happened? Well, I started it and then like that fucking gear, that 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 fucking insidious gear started again where I'm like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, and that entrepreneur part of me started going. And then instead of like having a chill life working part-time, working on my creative project, you know, podcasting and stuff like you want to do, like basically like the lifestyle that you want, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, Instead, I'm like, Oh, big contracts, big business. I'm going to scale this business. And I fucking went down that rabbit hole again. And what's so funny is that I thought that was just like me being kind of broke, you know? And I, 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 I was mad at myself. I'm like, how the fuck, I burned my whole previous life to the ground and started anew to get away from that. And then I went back into it. Mm-hmm. Like why? And then I ended up fucking getting diagnosed with bipolar pipe too. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, fuck. Like that's what it all was why i was so manic and why i was because i was on fucking adderall which is an amphetamine which was triggering manic cycles Mm -hmm. and then it would trigger depressive cycles so i was literally like adding jet fuel to my mania and, and my depressive cycles and i was just like oh my fucking god so then i went on lamictal which is a mood stabilizer and it's just like oh i can see clearly again and, and like everything has changed since then. And it's just insane to me to feel like twice now, twice I thought I was just broken and I would beat this shit out of myself. And I would be mad at myself because I wasn't doing better. But turns out the first time when I was like 23, oh, I have ADHD. That's why I can't focus on one thing, that's why I can't follow through on things. And then the second time I'm like, oh, I'm 30, 29, 30, however old I was, and I have bipolar. So that's why this it's just like I've had two massive, like complete tone like perspective shifts on myself. And then you start looking back at your entire history and all the decisions that you made that you beat yourself up over, and you have this self-hatred, and you're like. Well, that's why, like, how is it? I made it that long and nobody told me this. Like, how is it? I made? It, like, how, how is it that you go through society for that fucking long? And even though I was going to psychiatrists and I was going to therapists, none of them were like, aside from my, my current one, who was the one that suggested that I, I look into bipolar, mm-hmm. how the fuck is it? Nobody caught that. And I'm like, and that was weird, man. Like, it was really relieving in a way, but also it's just like, then you got to do all this research and just be like, okay, well, I I have a mental handicap. Like, I have a mental disability. What does that mean? You know, and then I have to kind of relearn my whole identity. It, be, be, and, and I, I guess, like, the thing that I've really learned out of all of this is, like, I don't think free will is a thing. And what I mean by that is, like, I had all these things that were influencing all my decisions that I didn't even know were there. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, think about even like where you're born. Like, let's say you're born with a physical and 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 or a mental disability. Like, did you will that? You know, did you ask for that? It's like you didn't. You know, you grew up in a certain place or a certain skin color or a certain sexuality or a certain whatever. Or you grow up in a family. It's like all that privilege or not or disadvantage. You didn't will any of that you didn't ask for any of that and so like all this stuff has really just taught me like to just to be a little kinder on myself because it's just like i in a lot of ways i'm lucky but also it's just like i, I think this it, it's taught me a resiliency and I'm, I'm glad that i went through everything that i did as fucking hard as it was but it's also given me a lot more empathy not only for myself but for other people like you don't know what the fuck other people are dealing with and the thing is they don't know what the, they're dealing with a lot of the time either you know like i didn't know until i was 30 like jesus like that's just like a two years ago so it's just like man thanks for tuning in to this episode of the then wait podcast if you believe in what we're doing be sure to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and check out our patreon page Don't forget that you have worth and value. And if you are ever in need of encouragement, feel free to connect with us on our socials.